The Bible has a narrative, a prequel of what happened to the world before the world ever began. And God had one primary enemy. And this enemy hated this one special group of people. Who is this group? We'll find out on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey, welcome, friends, to this special episode of Inverse. Every episode is a special episode of Inverse. We pray for the Holy Spirit. We spend time with you. We spend time with each other. We spend time in the Word. And we're about halfway through the season, you guys. We're about halfway, and it's been a great trip so far. It's been an exhausting trip because we've gone through heaven and earth and then some. And uh, we're going to spend some time in Revelation chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles out there, open your Bibles to chapter 12. Every time we open Scripture, we want to have a word of prayer. So, Jonathan, can you open us up? Absolutely. Let's pray. Father, you are the Almighty God, and in you we have all our hopes, and uh, we focus on you as we study the Word. We ask that you will help us to understand this great controversy that is going on all around us in our lives. Help us to see Jesus in all of this. This we pray in his name. Amen. 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 So, Jared, we're going to go to chapter 12 of Revelation. And you mind reading verses 1 through, let's see, 1, one through 3. Sure. It says, Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garment of 12 stars. Then, being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads. Okay, I'm going to read verse 4 too over there. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. Okay, so CQ, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of juice there, but before we get to the juice, where, where have we been so far? And maybe there's people who are watching for the first time in this episode, and they're like right smack in the middle of Revelation. Can you give us a really, really, really brief synopsis? <laughs> what have we covered in about three words? Yeah. Oh, in three words. In three words, okay. Um, So we've come from a historical view of what's been happening in the church. So starting from chapter one, we talked about uh, chapter two and three. We talked about the the churches. And every single time we're getting this uh, reiteration of a historical view of the the church's Mm -hmm. progress. Mm -hmm. And then you get to chapter 12 and you kind of have this hinge effect where we go from okay this is what's been happening historically and then now i want to zoom out a little bit and give you a a, a kind of a global view of why this all matters like Mm. what's what's the story behind the story to give context to the story and then it's going to go on to talk about the future of our current story. <laughs> yeah, no, I love yeah. uh, like what you said, uh, the historical view throughout history. And I think if we look at the sanctuary and use that as a model for where we're at, 
you know, here Jesus as priest, as king, as high priest, as we've talked about in previous episodes. He's in the holy place, and there's those three items in the holy place. You have the candlesticks, table of showbread, and the altar of incense. Mm -hmm. And those are sevens, seven, seven, sevens. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very important as with the historical application that these sevens are paralleling each other in time. Mm -hmm. So not exactly where the first church is the first seal, is the first trumpet, but they're taking place from the end, from about the apostolic times Mm -hmm. to the second coming of Jesus, somewhere in that Mm -hmm. time period. And there's a lot of people out there, there's some weird people out there that, that, that make them into chronological, I mean, they place them uh, successively after each other mm-hmm. and they get into weird interpretations yeah. and they put, you know, the president of the United States and the Pope and and, and, and they put, you know, Africa in there and then they, <laughs> they put you. some people <laughs> and they just, just mix it and it's this nice, weird uh, <laughs> recipe. Anyway, so we were in, in chapter 12 and then Jonathan, why, what, what's going on in chapter 12 here? Well, as Ziku said, it's kind of zooming out, giving us a bigger picture and, of course, for those of you who have been with us in the book of Revelation, uh, you know that we are now, uh, everything is symbolic. So we've got to see here, we see a woman clothed uh, yes. with the sun, with the moon under her feet. And then we see this other, uh, she, she has a child. And then there's this great fiery dragon. So there's these two individuals. Mm-hmm. What do they represent? Mm-hmm. Uh, the woman um, clothed in the sun with the moon under her feet, that is a, a symbol for God's people, God's church, mm. uh, God's uh, faithful uh, people. And, uh, he, you know, it uses uh, pictures from nature. The sun uh, is used often to represent, you know, the glory of God, the glory of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, the moon, the moon reflects the light of the sun. Uh, you know, God's people reflect the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And so here, uh, and then this, this woman, God's people, there is a child being born um, <clears throat> from this woman. Uh, and this child is to be understood to be uh, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. uh, who came out of... The, you know, out of the line of David, the tribe of Judah, and, and uh, was born as our Messiah. And then we have the fiery dragon, who later on we are being told, this is the devil, this is Satan. Mm-hmm. Who is in verse 9, chapter 12, verse right. 9. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called mm-hmm. the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. So we're seeing this, there's a story in, mm-hmm. like in the opener that I used, there's, it's kind of a prequel. You know, sometimes we're used to like Adam and Eve were created and then the story starts there. But then we have an insight into the prequel. How did Adam and Eve get mm-hmm. there? Who was being? And then uh, 11 verse 9, that serpent of old, mm-hmm. meaning that character in the beginning in that tree, he's got a history also. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so Jared, give us some insights on this prequel story. What's going on? What happened? And I mean, it's talking about casting out. What actually happened in that narrative? You're talking about uh, looking at verse 7 and onward? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, it describes this as war in verse 7, breaking out in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting with the dragon and the dragon uh, fighting and his angels. Mm. So you have before... I, know, I guess I like the word that you used, prequel, right? <laughs> because it's, it's the story before the story. So this yeah. is the backstory of, of where sin came about. Yeah. Um, and jumping back before that, what is it, verse uh, 4, his tail drawing a third of the stars in heaven. All of this language takes us back to the book of Isaiah, chapter 14, the book of Ezekiel, chapter 28, mm-hmm. where you have this germ of sin kind of arising in 
this glorious angel's heart. Mm. And then he goes to make war with God and eventually to make war with those whom God has created. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, can you maybe go into the, the background of this, uh, this prequel, meaning, so you talk about germ of sin, so you have this perfect creature. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we know the name was Lucifer, Lucifer. changed mm-hmm. to Satan, who's the devil, became the serpent. Same character, mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. same evil antagonist throughout the story. And why doesn't God just eliminate mm. this this Darth Vader character from the beginning? Right. You know? Get permission to, to go to Isaiah. Permission to go to Isaiah. <laughs> yeah. Permission granted. Okay. Let's go to Isaiah. Um, just, just so we're reading it from the word in Isaiah chapter Thank 14. You. Isaiah 14? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And verse 12. Verse 12. Yeah. It says, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. We had mentioned mm-hmm. his name. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart. This is um, what happened was something that was not visible to everyone. But God reads the heart, mm-hmm. right? God is able to see what's happening in the heart of the angels who are serving Mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. And so Lucifer starts saying something in his heart that the other angels can't see. He says, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. And he continues with this I language. Mm -hmm. And we talked about in previous episodes, um, specifically in Revelation chapter 4, 5, when when the angels in heaven, the scene of the throne room of God, when worship is happening, it's all about God. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's you are worthy, you you created and it's you you you've redeemed. But then here you have this in, in incongruent, dissonant sentiment. And if you especially contrast that with the image that we had of what worship looked like in heaven, to have a being there who instead mm-hmm. of praising God is saying I, mm. instead of saying, oh, wow, you, you, you are seated high and mighty. He says, I want to be seated high mm. and mighty. Mm. And this seed that develops in his heart is what the word says. It happened in his heart. Mm-hmm. Nobody else could see that was happening. So now you imagine God saying, oh, uh, I see something happening in Lucifer's heart. Be gone. <laughs> right? And, right. And then Lucifer is gone. Well, he had every right to do it. I mean, God had every right to destroy Lucifer. He yeah. is God. He has created all things. Mm-hmm. He is all powerful. But God is also love. And love requires freedom, freedom of choice. And so if God would have destroyed Lucifer um, because the other angels could not see into the heart of Satan, um, they, they, if God would have destroyed him, these other beings, they would have not worshipped God based mm. on love, but based on fear. Because like, oh, maybe the lies or maybe the things that Lucifer was saying were true. Because you have got to understand, these angels, these other beings have never heard a lie in their life before. Mm-hmm. Everything is always truthful. Suddenly there's this guy lying and saying things about God and exalting himself. And, 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 and so if God would have destroyed him, you know, there would have been doubt in their hearts mm-hmm. and their worship and their obedience and their... their yeah, their, their focus on God would have been based on fear and not on love and freedom. So you see that heaven is divided into two, not mm-hmm. 50-50, but two-thirds and one-thirds, mm. according to, to this. One-third follows this I germ, as you guys, I'm, I'm, I'm smashing, smashing your germs here. And what happens after that? Uh, Jared, what happens after that in the narrative? Um, after... So they're cast, they're, so the heavens are divided, and then? Yeah, heaven is divided, uh, they're cast out, yeah. These these. How two, do we know that they're cast out? Well, the Bible says it, but Bible uh, says. What? Is it? in Revelation twelve verse four. Twelve verse four. Okay, I'm thinking yeah. of Job chapter one here. Oh, go to Job one. chapter okay. one. So let's go there to Job two. chapter one. And uh, <laughs> Jared, what's happening in Job chapter oh, one? Oh, I see what you're doing now. 
pick up what Job chapter talking. one, there is <laughs> okay. a there's this there's this almost like a heavenly council or a congress, and okay. it talks about God's sons, yes. his children, and we assume you know, that they're coming from perhaps different places in the universe, right? They're gathering themselves together. And in verse 6, it says there's a day when these sons of God came together to present themselves before the Lord. Satan also comes among them, and he comes from the earth. Mm-hmm. And he essentially says in, in uh, verse 7, um, I, I'm, I'm coming representing the earth. I, mm-hmm. I walk up and down the earth. It belongs to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm coming representing uh, the earth in this, in this Congress Meaning, so as mm-hmm. he's cast out, as they're cast out into the earth in the deception of Adam and Eve, he's now claiming it mm-hmm. as his mm-hmm. possession. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting; they've been cast out of heaven, but Lucifer seems to have access back and forth, mm-hmm. like this this freedom element that you guys uh, were talking about, which I was kind of preoccupied thinking about in my mind. Um, it, it persisted to the point where. Lucifer was able to go back and at mm-hmm. least represent himself before God, perhaps mm-hmm. to have exchanges with the other angels and things like that. But eventually that comes to So when Adam an and end. Eve ate that apple, or it wasn't fruit. an apple, fruit, fruit, fruit the fruit. pomegranate or durian, whatever, I mean, I'm sure <laughs> durian. it was durian. So <laughs> they're <laughs> eating this thing, and that this, was, this wasn't a matter of a petty rule that God was mad that you disobeyed me, so be gone. They actually voted to have Satan be their representative. They're, they're, mm-hmm. this, is, this is political science going on mm-hmm. here. Yeah, they're changing sides. The language is in, in the book of Genesis that God gave mankind dominion. He gave them rulership. Mm-hmm. They were to be in charge of the earth. What essentially they did is they said, well, we want to serve this guy. Yeah. We're going to obey him. Hold that thought. When we come back, we're going to see what their, what their argumentation is to, uh, to get to the other side. We'll be back after the break. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, we're in Revelation 12, and we're looking at the main antagonist in this great meta-narrative of this cosmic conflict, that being Satan, Lucifer, the devil, there's many names for him, but this is a character that actually exists, yes? And he's got a particular set of arguments that Jared was talking about. Yeah, well, I was just saying that he, he claims ownership of this earth. And actually, Jesus acknowledges that multiple times in the book of John where he Hmm. refers to him as being the prince of this world, Hmm. right? So he deceived Adam and Eve. God gave Adam and Eve dominion. He comes along and deceives them uh, and essentially claims dominion of this earth. Mm -hmm. He is in charge. Mm -hmm. And I I, I just wanted to speak to Jesus acknowledging the devil's existence. I think, um, I mean, today, even in Christian circles, there's some people who doubt that an actual being who is the devil exists. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But the, what the Bible is saying is that the devil actually exists as a being who was created and fell from mm-hmm. the, the glory that God has created him in. Jesus says, I saw Satan cast down from heaven. Yes. He's referencing, well, John, I guess, <laughs> in Revelation twelve seven, he's referencing Jesus. Yes, like yes, that, yes. <laughs> the, the, Michael and his angels fought and the dragon and his angels fought. They didn't prevail. Their place wasn't found. And the dragon was cast out. Mm-hmm. So when Jesus is saying that, he's, he's talking about 
what is a historical event for him because he was there when it happened. He mm -hmm. was there like in that fight that was happening. He said, I saw the devil being cast out from heaven. Mm -hmm. And so the, the doubt that exists in, in the world and scarily enough in Christianity that the devil exists, actually it, it does a disservice to the word of God and it puts us in a dangerous position mm -hmm. because if he's out to get God's people, but we don't even believe he exists, mm -hmm. then how are we going to be prepared to meet the challenges that he's going to bring? Yeah, this, this enemy has, I mean, this is, this is a unique enemy. It, mm -hmm. it, it, it can play on God's field, and it can play on a field that the universe has never seen before. I remember one time, like, you know, and, and this is how scary that how human nature can be. Like, I remember I was, I was with, some, some, with, with our youth group, and I was the new youth leader, and they were going to throw me into the lake to, you know, inaugurate me and, you know, pseudo-baptize me. And it was not real baptism, but it's, you know, whatever. And so here they are, and I am a I'm scrawny, shrimpy, you know, Asian guy. And then these, these four Jonathan Walter, you know, muscular, not, not more muscular than him, come, come, come. And they're one on each limb. And at that point, I was like, look, I have no power within me. Right, I can't do. I, I'm, I'm, and I totally surrendered to this fact. But there's all these people on the beach watching me, and my pride was hurt. I'm, I'm being, I'm, I'm confessing my sins here. So this, this is how how evil human nature is. I'm like, look, mm -hmm. I'm not going down. I'm, I'm going down, but I don't want to go down by myself. Mm -hmm. I want to go down with someone with me. Mm -hmm. So my pride all was got focused onto my hand. Right, this hand got got supernatural strengthening. And I held on to the T-shirt of the kid next to me. Right? Yeah. So as with the momentum, they're swinging me into the water, my, all my dignity, all my pride is into these muscle fibers. And I'm, and I'm bringing this poor kid who's just wanting to, to say hello to me. And I pull this kid down into the water with me. And I made sure that he goes into the water first mm. and then I on the water. So here we are. We come out of the water. We give each other a hug. We have a baptism service. You know, it's, it's all good, right? <laughs> But that just shows that if human beings are that evil, don't you dare judge me because I know you. I mean, we all have the situations. I don't situations. know this. <laughs> I've never done but, anything like that. <laughs> How much more Satan? Yeah. And then Satan yeah. has a special. Now he knows he's going to lose. He can't get at Jesus. Jesus is all powerful. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's he's. But who who? Where's his wrath? Yeah. You know, and that is really uh, interesting because right there in Genesis, you know, um, God says, I will put enmity between you mm. and him. There will be a distinction here. And so Satan is angry. He knows he has lost. I mean, at the cross, it was crystal clear. Mm. There, there is no return for him. There is no, no coming back. Mm -hmm. This is it. Mm. And so he is now a defeated enemy. And as you said, he's going to try to take down as many as possible with him. Mm -hmm. And so his, his fury now is not just against Christ, but he wants to hurt God. Mm -hmm. by hurting God's people. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, it says here, you know, first he's trying to, of course, destroy Christ, and then his wrath goes towards God's people, and you see that in... Verse 13. Verse, yeah, verse 13. Mm -hmm. It says, Now when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. So his wrath is against God's people. Yeah, let's keep reading verse 14. Mm -hmm. The woman was given two wings of a great eagle, and she might fly, uh, might fly into the wilderness to her place, where she is nursed for a time, times and a half a time, from the presence of a serpent. That's prophetic language. Mm -hmm. It means 1,260 years. Verse 15, So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a 
flood after the woman, mm. that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth, swallowed up the flood, which the, which the dragon had spewed out of, the, out of his mouth. And the dragon was enraged with me. That's talking about this wrath that mm. you're talking about. He went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus mm. Christ. So his special enemy is this remnant group who has yeah. always existed in earth's history mm-hmm. not always a particular denomination sometimes a denomination but they have these two characteristics of mm-hmm. verse 17 they could keep the commandments of god and have the testimony of jesus mm. jared can you explain what these two qualifications are and, and give us some clues on this remnant sure yeah if i could just say beforehand though yes, like thinking in terms of what a remnant is mm. i believe it or not i i i have a sewing machine Okay, I do. Your I make some of my own device. like ultralight backpacking gear and oh. some of that stuff. Just FYI. So sometimes, like uh, if I'm in the midst <laughs> of a project, qualified what you actually use your sewing machine for. Yeah, I don't make I don't make dresses. You know, I've actually taken my homemade gear and hung down into sub-zero temperatures in hammocks, oh, awesome. right, with goose down. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> but I save I save scraps of fabric okay. because you never know. You might need to make a little stuff sack or something. Something like that or fix a piece of gear so you can go to the fabric store and you can get remnants mm-hmm. I'll buy a, a big piece of fabric and I'll save my own little remnants a remnant is a little piece of the much bigger original piece of fabric mm-hmm. so when Revelation is talking about the remnant it's calling you back to essentially faithful people throughout time throughout all the old testament when israel was an apostasy mm-hmm. god refers to a, a, a remnant that would remain yeah. a mm-hmm. faithful group of people they weren't worshiping yeah. idols they were holding fast to truth even though it came at an immense cost and persecution even right. from their fellow countrymen mm-hmm. so when we're talking about a remnant we're looking at the original peace or faithful people who have mm-hmm. adhered as you said to god's commandments and and Mm -hmm. and the faith of jesus throughout time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. jonathan yeah well you know you see here you know they keep the commandments of god they have a testimony of jesus as you said they're faithful and this is not just individuals who are like all right i'm going to keep all the commandments this is not the legalism going on here in fact when you look at verse 11 it says these individuals they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to death I i want to make the point that i think a legalist will not love god to his death Mm -hmm. and if you have a you know if you have experience with god that you know you have a testimony you can overcome uh, any any attack of the devil um knowing that you have a relationship with god Mm -hmm. and that becomes your testimony as you overcome um and even if you are defeated you know with your first death brings us back again to revelation you know the seven churches where jesus is saying you know yeah you might be persecuted you might die it's okay it's just the first death Mm -hmm. you it's just asleep you're waking up again at the resurrection and I, I just wanted to, he brought up this relationship thing, and um, I want to hark back to what Jonathan said actually prior to, uh, to verse 17. Um, it's that these people have a relationship with Jesus, and so they're willing to give their lives mm. to remain faithful to him. Right. Um, but a point that I just I wanted to emphasize, I guess, is it's not just that they have a relationship with God, but God has a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are his special people. And so, you know, when we see um, injustice, when we see, you know, sometimes we're like, why do righteous people suffer? You know, mm. why is it that, you know, people who are trying to live right and do the right thing, go to Job's story, you know, he didn't do anything wrong. Why, are they get, why do they get caught up in all of this mess? 
the the backstory is that not just do they have a relationship with God and they want to be faithful to him, but because God has a relationship with them, the devil knows the way that to, he can hurt, hurt God, God is mm. to hurt his people. Right. You know, and as a mother, if I, when, when my child is sick, you know, just the other day my son was throwing up and, and just went all over my clothes and all over the floor. And the first awesome. thought, yeah, <laughs> the first thought that came to my mind wasn't, ew, the first thought that came to my mind was my poor child, mm-hmm. you know, and for God, when he sees us suffering, he's not, he's, he's not, he's, his primary concern is his people, you mm-hmm. know, his children. And the devil knows that that's how he can get to God. And mm-hmm. so he takes out his wrath against these people who are faithful to God because of the relationship that they have with mm-hmm. God and the love that God has for mm-hmm. them. Jonathan, who, who is this remnant? I mean, how, how can we find out more about this? Mm-hmm. Well, it says here, identifies them as those who keep the commandments of God and they have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Later on, Revelation 19, verse 10, it says that the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Mm-hmm. So this is a group of people um, that live in the last days, and we believe we are living in the last days, mm-hmm. and these individuals are um, characterized by keeping the commandments. And that's all of the commandments. That's mm-hmm. not just one or five or nine. That's all of it. Yeah. That's a complete surrender of my life to God. I love God. I want to be faithful and in harmony with Him. And these individuals, these group of people, there's also a manifestation of the gift of prophecy. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at um, the, you know, the churches around the world today, uh, the Christians around the world, there are many sincere Christians everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but God is calling out a special group of people to be His faithful witness to, to do something we're going to study in Revelation chapter 14. I'm not going to go into details there, but they have, um, they are identified here with these characteristics. They're faithful to God by keeping all of God's commandments, including the Sabbath commandment mm-hmm. and the spirit of prophecy. Uh, there is a revelation of the prophetic gift amongst these people. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, I, I've, I've looked to and fro and I've only found one group of people, um, one movement of Christians, and that is the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there are other denominations out there, and maybe mm-hmm. even the Jewish people who keep all Ten Commandments, right. but they may not have the spirit of prophecy. Right. There's other denominations out there who may have some semblance of a prophetic element to them, but they don't keep all Ten Commandments. So this, this is kind of a two anchors mm-hmm. that kind of define who the remnant is. Sure. Yeah, I think it's an important distinction to make that just like God called Israel in the book of Deuteronomy, he said, I didn't call you because you were so great. Yes. I didn't call you because you were so awesome. And they haven't always been that obedient. You can look at their history. But he called them essentially to receive him, to surrender to him, so that through them he might be a light to the world. So when we're talking about remnant, we're not talking about a status of only these people are saved Marines or not the any Marines. of those yeah. things. <laughs> it's a position of privilege. And if anything, people who are identified as this kind of mm-hmm. bastion of, of hopefully fidelity and surrender to God, there's a higher standard that they're held to. So they have a special call, a special responsibility in these last days with the keeping of the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. and with the gift of prophecy to proclaim to the whole world. Mm-hmm. And so Satan has a special special hatred for this group. And so the question mm-hmm. is this. I mean, yes, we have God on our side, and but we have Satan who's against us. And what is, what is one key weapon that Scripture gives us? How do we fight against this entity? Mm-hmm. We find this verse... In uh, this, this, this special 11. weapon in verse 11. Mm-hmm. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb That's right. and by the word 
of his testimony. testimony. So I want to encourage you guys all out there that if please find in your in your spiritual walk, find that group of people who keep the Ten Commandments and who have the gift of prophecy and with their mouths have a testimony of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our prayer. That's what we try every day to, 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 to be like Jesus by God's grace. Hopefully that's your prayer as well. God bless you. We'll see you next week here in Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is Inverse.